Do you think your life story would make a good book? Most people do. Are you sleeping too much? New research suggests that too much sleep can lead to cognitive decline. And we'll have a list of America's most hated Thanksgiving foods today on Older and Wiser. Hey folks, welcome to Older and Wiser. I'm Bob Bates in Los Angeles. Normally we've got Susan Sakura up there in Northern California. She's not feeling well today. Uh, so I put out a call for a stand-in, and thankfully, uh, one of my family members stepped up to the plate. So please welcome uh, my eldest, uh, Chloe Bates from Austin, Texas. Good morning, Chloe. Howdy, y'all. He's <laughs> from Texas. This is your first time on Older and Wiser. I'll have to play the older, wiser one. You can be whatever. All right. I'm pretty young. I can be younger and dumber. <laughs> Older and wiser, younger and dumber. Younger and dumber. All right, let's get started. Our first topic today um, comes to us from one poll on behalf of Thrift Books. And here's the headline. A recent survey finds that 55% of Americans believe their life story is worthy of becoming a book or a movie. How do you feel about that? Uh, uh, I wanted to call you Susan there for a second. How do you feel about that, Chloe? Do you think your life is really worth... Um, I mean, you've, you're only 27, so maybe it's too soon to be writing your life story. But do you feel like you've got enough that you could get a few pages together to make a good book? Honestly, no. I haven't had anything interesting happen to me. <laughs> What? As we're sitting here, I can't think of a single thing. Maybe, so I did experience the Texas snowstorm, which was a bit dramatic for a few days. But even then, you know, I lost power, lost water, was pretty cold, but had some good buddies. And I just don't think that I had an interesting experience around that. I I've, I moved to, moved to Texas. That's not really an interesting story. Had a regular college experience. Grew up normal. God, what a bore. How you really are a, a dull person. <laughs> dull person. And it's so interesting that 55% of people think that they're interesting. Well, and I'm 67 years old, and I am I have to agree with you that I also um, don't feel that my life is worthy of a book either. Let's say you did have a book. Who would you want to play you? In the movie? Yeah. Um... I could see, like, a Jennifer Aniston, like a young Jennifer Aniston would be really fun for me. <laughs> That's who you think. Like, future yeah. me could be Jennifer Aniston. All right. I, I think that'd be cute. I think I'd go for Jeff Goldblum. I kind oh, of, yes. I kind of like that whole vibe. I would aspire to a Jeff Goldblum kind of uh, person. <laughs> who who do you think should write your life story if you if someone were to write it? According to this survey, uh, the 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 number one person that people wanted to write their life story was J.K. Rowling, followed by Stephen King of all people. These are just the most well-known writers. These are people hiding behind the fact that they don't read and just saying, "Oh, you, who's who's who would I want to re write my life story?" Oh. Um, Who's a single author I can right? think of? Oh, that's exactly it. Yeah. Jake no, you're Rowling. Right. These King. people didn't really, they don't read a lot, probably. Yeah. Because why would you pick Stephen King to write your life story unless your life story was a bit of a horror story to start with? I know. And why, like, J.K. Rowling is not a 
is not a um, a biography writer. Fifteen uh, percent of uh, people surveyed here have tried their hands at writing, uh, tried their hand at writing a book. Um, I actually did that. Did I? How many people? Fifteen uh, percent of people have 15, tried to okay. write their own life story. Um, I actually tried to write a book. I didn't attempt to write a life story because I knew that would bore people to death. But I did try to write a fictional piece. I took a little writing class where they said you could learn to write a book in a weekend. So I went away to this um, little camp where you write all weekend long. And um, I got about 200 pages out of the deal. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a terrible. That's amazing. No, it was a terrible book. So no. What was it about? It was it was terrible. It was about the idea was that you you take a pill, and it reverses the effects of alcohol, but in the same, but accidentally, what it also does is it takes you back to your childhood. It's a weird idea. Uh, yeah, I don't okay. know. Yeah, yeah. So that was my book. According to this survey, uh, forty percent of people simply couldn't come up with an ending for their book. And the other thirty-six uh, percent say they got bored of their own story. <laughs> and gave up. They gave up partway through. All right, uh, let's move on to our next survey today. Uh, this is a sleep survey. According to this, one in three adults say they do not regularly get seven hours of sleep a night. I don't doubt that. How many hours of sleep a night do you get? Oh, I am a big sleeper. I have to get my full eight hours at the absolute minimum, and I often get 10 hours. You know, it's hard to say what effect that has at your age. They do say you really should get at least seven hours of sleep uh, per night. Sleeping less than seven hours is associated with an increased risk of developing chronic conditions later on, obviously not at your age. You know, older and wiser people know that in their age range, they get things like obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, heart disease, and lots of other stuff like that if they don't. So you pronounce it diabetes? Well, how do you pronounce it? Diabetes? Diabetes yes. or is it diabetes? I say diabetes, but I feel like you're referencing that Wilford Brimley commercial from like <laughs> 10 years ago where he said famously said diabetes and it kind of went viral on the internet. <laughs> well, Wilford Brimley is sort of that maybe that's who should play me in the movie actually. <laughs> I am sort of a Wilford Brimley type. Yeah, yeah, sort he of died. A, He died. He died. Yeah. But he was good in that movie Cocoon. Did you ever see Cocoon? That's a movie you I did watch. see Cocoon. That's a fun movie. We should rewatch that. I didn't really Did I see that with you? I don't think I did. I, I think we did watch it when I was a kid. I was like early teens. That's a great uh, movie for uh, old people to watch with young people because it sort of makes you uh, realize that old people can be fun too. Like, you know, we, we start get all stodgy and dull in our old age, but when you uh, watch that movie, you feel like, oh, yeah, old people still have some life left in them, and, and they remember what it was like to be young, so... Yeah. Um, That's nice. According to this uh, other survey I thought was interesting, uh, this is out of Washington University School of Medicine. And they published a paper that indicates that getting uh, too little sleep or too much sleep can result in cognitive decline. Are you concerned at all about Alzheimer's? 
in your Definitely. life. Your grandfather had Alzheimer's. So it's something you got to keep an eye out for because there's a uh, uh, hereditary link to it. Now, I'd like to spend a minute running through our medical history. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, what, what we? I feel like I'm at the doctor's office. I'll, do you want me to get me to get my prescription bottles out too, so you can see what I'm taking? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll we'll do it. Run through the run through some of the big conditions that I should be most worried about because right. of my genetic predisposition. All right. Well, your grandfather had uh, heart disease, and he had uh, colon cancer. So you got to be careful about cancers. Got to keep checking that. You don't, you're maybe a little too young to start colonoscopies, but we'll, you know, think about that. Oh, maybe God. I don't want to do that. No, no, no. That's easy. They put you to sleep. It's fine. And oh, then, God. No, no. It's fine. And then, then the uh, heart disease, you just want to keep an eye, you know, because my father had heart disease and my mother had breast cancer. So cancers are... Oh, uh, my God. Uh, everything. I've got everything. <laughs> and also, every single part of my body I've got to keep an eye on. Yeah, all parts. You're going to have to get a scan uh, like once a year. <laughs> oh, this is horrible news. I thought I was coming onto a podcast just for fun, and now I'm worried about my entire life's health. All right. Well, try not to worry about it right now. It's a little too soon. But be, eat, eat good foods. Don't eat a lot of fried foods. Now, how much sleep are you getting? Uh, you know, I didn't sleep well last night, so last night I would say probably, I don't know, 10 hours. <laughs> I sleep a lot. I do like to sleep. I don't yeah. have any problem in the sleep area. If, if it's The nice thing is for me, my schedule is such that if I wake up at 7 I can, and I'm bored or tired, I can go back to sleep and sleep some more. So that's good. Um, but And are you using those sleep trackers? Are you checking in on a sleep tracker at all to see the quality of your sleep? Uh, those are the, that's the kind of thing you have on your cell phone, right? Where you put it by the side of the bed and it tells you in the morning how restful your sleep is? Yeah, exactly. They're kind of interesting. It's like an app on a phone. Have you tried that? What is it? What did it tell you? Oh, it felt kind of random and sort of unconnected to my actual experience. So it might be completely made up. And it's a little bit addictive. You're like, oh, gosh, I haven't had a green night's sleep in weeks. It's all reds and blues. I really need to have a green night's sleep in order to feel <laughs> fine during the day. And then you just become a little bit obsessed with seeking that perfect number. I see. So the green is good sleep. And red means you're restless. Is that it? I might get yeah, that exactly. app on my phone. It's it's probably a free app, right? You can probably download it for free. Yeah, I think so. You just okay. need to turn it on. Uh, let me also mention on this uh, study showed that uh, sleeping longer than six and a half hours was associated with cognitive decline over time. Uh, so for older people, it's probably not a good idea to sleep 10 hours because that actually can result in... Uh, some cognitive decline, they say, possibly pre-Alzheimer's, that kind of stuff. So the Wait, so sleeping less than seven hours is bad for you and sleeping more than six and a half hours is bad for you? You caught the discrepancy in these two studies, Chloe. Very nice job. <laughs> yes, one study says that you should sleep a minimum of seven hours. The other one says don't sleep more than six and a half. So what's the story? What are you supposed to do? 
Between six and a half and seven maybe is your target time. I'm not sure. Maybe do six and a half and then take a 30-minute nap. (laughs) Very good idea. All right, moving on to our next topic today. Here's a survey about food safety from um, the FDA. Most people seem to think that the place you get food poisoning is in restaurants uh, rather than in your refrigerator. What do you think? That's what I always think, too. I feel like uh, the path I usually take when I've gotten food poisoning, and I've only gotten food poisoning a couple times, is who around me is also not sick or sick? And did we eat the same thing or not the Mm, same thing? Yeah. That's the way you sort of investigate whether you've got food poisoning or not. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's how I Nancy drew it. I get my magnifying glass and follow the little (laughs) breadcrumbs. I do my interviews. I become a total detective when I get food poisoning. No, that's smart. That's smart. Um, Many of these respondents thought that raw chicken uh, is or raw beef was really the the, the two worst things. 93% of people thought that if you got sick, you probably got sick because you didn't have well-cooked chicken. Uh, 66% thought it was the beef that they ate. Um, and only a few people, 99% or 6% thought that it was either raw vegetables or, or fruit that did it. I always think it's fish. Oh, interesting. See, this is why... I always I would, think it's- uh, what about sushi? Are you afraid to go to a sushi restaurant as a result of that fear? No, I love sushi. But I, the thought is, is in my mind, it, you know, is this going to make me sick? I don't know. I'll take the risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fish... Uh, raw fish or anything raw, any meat, anything that was a, a, a moving, living creature that is now dead that you are eating without cooking it, that seems like a risk. Just right there. And even touching it seems like a risk. Like I'll, I'll, uh, I'll make salmon, frozen salmon, and it'll, I'll, if I touch it, I have to scrub my hands uh, with lots of soap and water just to make sure I've got all that salmon juice off my hands because I'm freaked out by it. Uh, consumers are more likely to wash their hands with soap after touching raw meat, 76%, uh, than before preparing food, 68% or uh, will wash their hands after cracking a raw egg. Eggs never, I don't know, eggs just don't bother me that much. I never worried that they were germy. I guess they could be, huh? I've heard that eggs have salmonella on the outside of the shell. And so when you're cracking an egg into the pan, you have to be careful not to get the shell all over the inside of the egg. I don't even know if that's true if I made that up. Oh, interesting. Um, What about a meat thermometer? Do you you own one? Yeah, I do. 62% of respondents to this survey report owning a meat thermometer. The question is, do you use it? Um, I found I found that when you use the meat thermometer and you check the temperature of the food you're cooking, I'm always surprised by how much higher the temperature is than what I what I expected or oh, intended to be. I'm just the opposite. Like, I think I've been cooking it forever, and I think I stick the meat thermometer. And it's supposed to be 165 degrees in the middle of the chicken, and it's only 140 or something. And I'm like, I've been cooking this for forever what's the deal oh, interesting interesting yeah do you look at the contents on the side of your packaging that's called the nutrition facts label 
Uh, 87% of the people responding to the survey do look at those package labels, um, but what, if anything, do you look for on the label? I don't look at it. <laughs> do you? <laughs> Are we supposed to? Well, like, for example, you know, me and Raisin Bran, I love my Raisin Bran, right? Okay, so I will try to compare brands of Raisin Bran to see which has the most sugar, and you're expecting me to say I shy away from that, but but then no, no, <laughs> I go for the one with the most sugar, <laughs> because I know that that Raisin Bran will be the most delicious. Yeah. I love that strategy. That's a very anti-eating disorder strategy. That's, That's something right. so I've been seeing a lot on TikTok about sort of unlearning eating disorder culture and how big of a trend it is to to check calories and check contents on foods that you like. And I love that you're kind of flipping that on its head by looking for the unhealthy things and seeking out more of them. Yes. I feel it's important to to eat as much bad stuff while you can rather than wait until you can't and then you regret missing out on all the sugar so there i don't know i love that i celebrate that i'm going to start embracing that you're just hoping to get, to get, get you know cash in on the on the on the will sooner is all that that's all you're oh <laughs> you're just trying to get me dead sooner all yeah, right you're getting of raisin bran very sugary for christmas right. well you are in the will just so you know all right finally and we're almost out of time here uh, these are the most hated thanksgiving foods i know you love thanksgiving you love to cook on thanksgiving this is one of the big holidays and we're going to be seeing you in uh, los angeles this year uh, tell us a little bit about your first of all your favorite thing you like to make for thanksgiving the dish that every year you must have on your thanksgiving table Oh, well, as you know, we are very creative Thanksgiving cooks. Well, you are. You and your mom are. I'm not so much. Me and my mom and Megan, our sister. But um, I love, and this is an unpopular opinion, but I love peas. I love peas, warmed up, frozen peas, just warmed up in a pot with some butter on top. One of those little pats of butter, a little bit of salt. That is so exciting to me, and I never eat peas except on Thanksgiving. It's perfect. <laughs> wow. You, I had no idea that this was something that you found so delicious. I, peas, I can totally live with that. In a can or in uh, frozen peas? Frozen peas. Canned yeah. peas are mush, mush city. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll make sure. Well, we what's get, your favorite? Uh, I'll get some what peas you for you. Well, okay. I like the pie. I like pie, and I would just have pie for, for Thanksgiving, really. What Probably, kinds of pie? I would have uh, chocolate um, chocolate um, pecan pie, and that just mm. just that. I don't really need all the rest. Uh, but well, here, Dad, you can have that. I can because I can have whatever I want, right? So I might do it this year. We'll see. I don't know. I sort of like to sample all the things that, that you guys cook up. We could all sit down at the Thanksgiving table and you could just have an entire chocolate pecan pie in front of you while the rest of us have regular plates. All right. We'll do that this year. Here are the top nine things that people dislike the most um, on their Thanksgiving table. Uh, Number nine, mashed potatoes. I don't know why people don't like those. I mean, what's wrong with mashed potatoes? Number eight, pumpkin pie. Number seven... Yeah, pumpkin pie, that's the thing, right? One of the main things, but people aren't uh, that into it. Uh, number seven, ham. 
Number six, mm. coleslaw. We never do coleslaw, so whatever. Number five, uh, stuffing or dressing. Twenty-three okay. percent uh, just don't. It can care be kind of dry. Yeah, I, yeah. It's just a flavored bread is really all it is, with some yeah. onion pieces and stuff floating around. Uh, green bean casserole is not a favorite. Sweet potatoes, number three. Number two, Ooh. surprisingly, of all the things you would think people would want on Thanksgiving, turkey. I completely agree with this one. Why is that? Turkey is such a hard type of meat to cook well. I just feel like no one cooks it well. My entire life we've had dry turkey, yep. and we've really put a lot of effort into trying to prepare it yes. well the past few years, right. you know, breaking it up into different pieces, preparing the dark meat separately from the white meat to make sure it's all <laughs> juicy, yep. doing every possible technique. And it still is never that exciting to eat. I would much rather have a pot roast. Yeah, you still kind of have to slather it in gravy just to be able to choke it down, right? So I exactly. Don't, I don't understand why uh, turkey is is such a, a a a popular thing just in general, and why we all eat it. But it's a tradition. The number one thing that people hate the most, believe it or not, is cranberry sauce. Now I like cranberry sauce, but I could live without it. My favorite type is the kind that slides out of the can. Not it really does slip out of the can and retains the can shape. And I can, I can understand why that might be repulsive to people. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it. Yeah, I like it. I like to chop it into little pieces. I, try, I chop it on my plate into little triangles and then eat each bite like a little triangle of that gelatinous gluey cranberry flavored stuff it's chilled it's kind of refreshing uh, it's a little bit mm -hmm. tart and it's like jello i love it and you've got the artistic element of the perfect triangles <laughs> all right we are out of time listen i'll tell you what thank you so much for just jumping in there at the last second susan thanks you i thank you uh, you're a hero for just uh, uh, uh dropping everything and jumping online and uh Joining us for Older and Wiser and Younger and Dumber. That will be the new it title. It was a treat to join you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and for all the stuff that matters when you're 50-plus, visit us at olderandwiser.com. Susan will be back next time. We'll see you then. Older.